You are listening to a sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. Just two verses tonight from 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 4. It's part of the closing exhortations of this letter. And like we said last time about this, there are there's so much packed into such a few words because the apostles bring, bringing things to a close. And there's not a lot of explanation with these last exhortations and last and last teachings. But there is a little bit of pause to explain this. And I think maybe we should pause with it instead of just finishing out the book. So verses 23 and 4, 1 Thessalonians 5. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And now I think this is an explanation of that entire sanctification. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you He'll bring it to pass. Boy, this is a powerful and broad promise. God is the God of peace. Right? He himself. So this is his personal action. This is God's action. He will sanctify you entirely. And then he mentions body, soul, and spirit. Sanctify. He'll make you holy. He'll, and, and holy is that sense of being set apart for God, being useful for God. It's the opposite of profane. So those things that are sanctified or, or holy, these are things that God has put to his use. And we as Christians are to be sanctified, right? We've been washed, justified, sanctified uh, in uh, the spirit of the Lord uh, and uh, with the blood of Jesus. You go to 1 Corinthians 6. So we've been sanctified. How, how sanctified are we to be? Well, it says entirely. Now, that's not what we were talking about in Bible class where we disavowed the old Wesleyan doctrine of total sanctification of that one just lives without sin and doesn't have to worry about sin. Yet here's the same night where we're talking about what it says is an entire sanctification. It's a lot like that total sanctification but it's each part of you he will sanctify and preserve you completely. And so if you're one of his, that the, the, the faithful of God, that he is uh, forgiving, that he has redeemed, that he has adopted, uh, you're not going to just get in barely. You're going to get in because he has thoroughly accepted you and thoroughly uh, cleaned, uh, cleansed you in and out so that you'll be without blame. Now, without blame, there's a word we usually use for without blame. It's the word righteousness. And so if there's no blame, then they're upright or righteous. How are we that way? He sanctified us to that. So how many of us are righteous or upright on our own? What do the scriptures say? Right, uh, man has followed many devices. 
left to their own devices in Genesis 6, the heart of men became only evil continually. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can understand it, said the prophet Jeremiah. Yet somehow from that we have been redeemed and saved and sanctified to be fully, completely saved. In Romans 4 and verse 5, my favorite gospel verse, faith is counted or imputed as righteousness. God takes the faithfulness of those in Christ. He counts that as though it were righteousness. And so here they are then without blame. If you're counted as righteous, where's the blame? And why are you counted as righteous? Well, the verse goes on, quoting the Psalms, that said, blessed is the man whom the Lord does not take his sin to account. And so it's, it's tied closely to forgiveness. So forgiveness and righteousness, sanctification, preservation are all closely tied together. And then it says, this is how complete I want you to be saved. Spirit and soul and body. There's this long time debate among Christian thinkers. Is men, are, are people, are we a two-part being or are we a three-part being? Uh, is there a soul and a spirit that are separate? Or is the soul and the spirit largely the same thing and it's contrasted to the body? Well, the word of God can make a separation between the soul and the spirit, just like it can between the joints and the marrow. I don't have a sharp enough knife to divide, to divide bone and marrow, only giving bone on one side, only giving marrow on the other. I don't have a sharp enough knife and I don't have a steady enough hand and I don't have enough knowledge uh, and discernment to tell. I think spirit and soul are used in that same way. Spirit and soul are both used in the Bible, but there are times when they're used interchangeably. And there's a lot of times where we're talked about as being a two-part, that we have body and we have spirit, or we have body and soul. And so I don't think this verse tells us automatically that we have uh, three different parts, because this is a figure of speech, and hopefully I will say this right. It's what's called a dentriasis. Uh, literally, it means a three-in-one. There are three things to describe one concept. Uh, in the Bible, we don't have too many of these. There's a couple. But we do have a whole lot more in the Scripture of what's called a dendiasis, which is two-in-one. So think about Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Is the resurrection one thing and the life something else? Or is that one concept? Because if you're resurrected, what are you? You're living. And in the future, if you're going to be living again, what are you going to have to be? Resurrected. So resurrection and life are two descriptions to describe one thing. And here, the, the emphasis is on the entirety of you. And so we have, I think, this figure of speech of three things illustrating, or three things giving one concept of the full of you, the all of you, every bit of you the spirit, body, and soul, all of those, every bit of you, he's sanctified. That's the work he's done in you and is doing in you. And he will complete in you so that when Christ comes, you will be, you will be saved. Why? Because God is doing this work among his people. How do we know that? Because verse 24, faithful is he who calls you. It's like we talked about Sunday, we're not always as faithful as we ought, are we? Probably not. We're not as faithful as we ought to be. But who is faithful? He is faithful. And when we 
when we come to him for those blessings that come in Christ and we depend upon him, what will he give us in spite of the sins we've done when we repent and come in Jesus Christ, when we are one of his adopted children? What will he do? He has called you. He will bring it to pass. And so there's not going to be, I really wonder if I should pick him or not. You know, you think about those decisions you made if you're ever the captain of the team back in middle school and you got to be the one that picks. There was a few obvious picks. We definitely want them. And everybody grabbed those kids first. And there's a few kids we don't want. And they kind of know it and they're already standing there. But then there's those hopeful kids in the middle, right? And they want to be picked, but you're the captain and you're looking with one of your other guys who can throw real good and what do you say? Should we take him or not? I don't know. He's the only one left. Let's get him, I guess. Or he's the best, the best of a bad lot. Or he's the best one left. And somewhere down the line, you get to that, <laughs> which one? You know, is God going to do that at the final judgment? Picking up sides? Oh, these, these guys. Oh, these are in. Those are out. Then there's these middle ones. Does God have to, uh, uh, I don't know. Should I take him or let the devil have him? Is that the kind of decision making God has to go through? No. He already knows his own doesn't he? And what has he done with his own? He sanctified them. And he's preserved them. And he's made them without blame. How and why? In the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the final day, if we might be kind of crude about it, how's the picking done, as it were? In Christ, not in Christ. Kind of the criteria, isn't it? So then where do we want to be in life? We want to be in Christ. And if we are, will be preserved complete, and there'll be no blame when Christ comes. He's faithful. He'll do it. So if you're in him, Thessalonian brethren, you're good, and brethren still today. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.